Hello, and welcome to Control Alt Delete, an increasingly fragmented podcast from TheVerge.com. That opening comes from uh, Brian Letterman, Sentinel Red on Twitter. Uh, I am Neil Patel, I'm the editor chief of The Verge. I'm joined, as always, by my friend Walt Mossberg, our The Verge's executive editor and co-founder of Recode. Hey, Walt, how's it going, man? It's it's going well, but I feel fragmented. I I, I don't. What, what does he mean, gotta, fragmented? He means he. I can't tell. I don't know. He listens to it in three minute segments or what? <laughs> you got to defrag the. Po- he's bit torn in. He's like, well, he's <laughs> oh my god, defrag! Uh, That's a whole podcast right there. That's a there. whole thing. <laughs> you got re- to review some ancient. How to your computer? Yeah. Oh man, did you ever write one of those? Oh, oh I, you, I have I, certainly I written one of them. Defrag. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I wrote about it a lot, and, and of course the mystery was always. How does the Mac not need to be defragged, you know? I mean, it was really interesting. Oh, I have defragged a Mac before. I know you have, but Apple would have told you in those days. I don't even know if anybody there even knows about it anymore. But they would have said, well, you know, every night – because the Mac had a list of maintenance tasks it did every night. Right. uh, And I don't think in those days Windows had quite the same thing. And one of them was defragged. Or something about – or maybe it was – uh, something about their their journal saving system or something oh, yeah. that 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 kind of defragged on the fly. Uh, anyway, I mean the 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 sheer number of utility programs I used to acquire. Oh, me too. Either like yeah. shareware, or buy, and you would just yeah. run them all. The, and yeah, and, but I but I would say they were eighty twenty uh, for Windows versus Mac. I mean, there were That's not fair. none for Mac, but there were way more for Windows that you needed to do. Yeah. Or he or Brian could be talking about the uh, the Android ecosystem fragmenting, fragmenting. In a thousand ways. Who knows? There's a million ways know, to interpret but, it, and I encourage the listeners Brian, to take all of them. We thank Brian for <laughs> participating in our contest, and if we ever get merch, Brian <laughs> is on the list. You're keeping merch. these, right? I mean, we're, we're, yeah, these people get merch. Oh, this is forever. He's a Library of Congress. He's in the official record. I know. Gonna, so it's we're fantastic. Send him out there. It's fantastic. Uh, he's he's right now. By 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 winning this week's name the podcast contest, yeah. and here's my segue. But right now he is being signed up to like Tide, Kleenex, <laughs> uh, Charmin, <laughs> uh, you know uh, yeah. McDonald's, all those things on Facebook, on Twitter, on oh, yeah. every social media app. Yeah, there's a real dark side to getting your name. This is your 15 minutes of fame, but the price <laughs> yeah. uh, is that now you are unwittingly <laughs> endorsing every brand you were associated right. with. Um, so we should get into it. So you wrote a column that you know, people have been talking about this for a while. I think your column was really interesting because, well, you wrote a column about how there's a huge flattening between people and commercial entities on social platforms. So it's working in both ways, right? The the brands on Twitter and Facebook their social presences are kind of oddly and strangely becoming more like people and they act you know they talk like teenagers on social media and then people are beginning to see the value of promoting themselves on these platforms and they are acting more like brands and i think that is a weird it's a weird zone and you, you kind of explored it a little bit that's right that's exactly right uh yeah i mean the first part of it is is tied really your friend? And I think mm-hmm. uh, I, I wasn't trying to you know lump every company into one bucket because some of them actually use their accounts to put up interesting content. Uh, 
I, for instance, I pointed out that why Red Bull has, I forgot the number I used, uh, it was the real number, but it, I think it was like 40-something million on uh, Facebook, actually. Um, why does Red Bull have that number? It's because if you go to their actual account, their, their brand page, it's, full of, it's not full of Red Bull uh, commercials or customer service or something, uh, which can be valuable in itself, but it's it's full of uh, actual entertaining content, you know, action sports videos in in their case. So uh, some of these brands do that, but others are just you know mostly ab- advertising of a type, or uh, you know, I don't know how many ways. You can do stain, the removal of various <laughs> stains on the Tide site. And I'm not making fun of this. I know that, you know, sometimes people have a, a really would like to know how to remove, I don't know, barbecue sauce from their pants or something. And, and Tide will help you with that. But there's just a limit uh, to that, I think. I, I And then the other division to me is not just what's how they use their accounts, but what are they, these corporate entities? And I use the word sort of inanimate product entities mm-hmm. describe soap and tissue and stuff like that. Those are all necessities we buy them. In fact, I should point out to people who love Tide who may be listening to this that the whole top of the column was how much my wife and I use Tide and have for years. Right. So go Tide. It's our it's our <laughs> detergent of choice. It's just I don't want to be friends with them on social media. So there's that category. But the other category of, of cor- companies is companies, uh, corporate entities, which provide ideas or entertainment or some sort of, and I don't like this word, but uh, it works here, content. Mm-hmm. could be music. It could be video it could be journalism it could be whatever you know i mean it's it's some kind of content and it's changing all the time and so if you follow a, a corporate entity like that uh, a record label or a movie studio or a tv network or something like that um, that's different to me than than a, than an inanimate product but so that's the product side but then i as you as you just said I admitted that I am a brand. Uh, I'm, a, right. I'm a small brand in a limited domain, but I'm a brand, and I do use social media to promote uh, my my brand. Walt has no fewer than 15 social media interns who uh, <laughs> workshop every tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I, you heard that. That's a promise yeah. from Neelai. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're going to get T-shirts or we're going to get Walt and Army of people to tweet. Right. No, uh, you know, we have a wonderful uh, social engagement team at The Verge, and they help me, and they help Neelai, and they help everybody uh, at The Verge. I do my own a, a lot, and you know, not everything I tweet or everything I put on Facebook is promotional or brand oriented. But I don't shy away from admitting it. I, I do use social media for the for that purpose. In fact, I pointed out that if you are in the business of if you are in a an individual in a career where it's important for you to have some presence in the public square, there's such a cacophony of voices now that have been unleashed by the web, which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing, but it's but it's still a cacophony. If you want your voice or your work to be uh, noticed or heard, 
in the public square, you have to act like a brand. And I was tell- right. I was telling that to some journalism school grad students about three weeks ago uh, in New York. And, uh, you know, I think when I was in uh, journalism school, if somebody had said the word brand to us, we would have all, I don't know, gone on strike or something. But uh, <laughs> we, we went on strike for almost any reason. But um, <laughs> it was the 60s, Neelai. I mean, yeah, or the times. 70s, you know. But, I mean, there, there's no, so there's nothing per se wrong with, with being a brand. But it's just uh, I don't want to see these inanimate kind of companies. Not everything. I guess what I'm saying is not everything could be a great uh, – can be your friend, these brands are not your friend um, necessarily. Right. They're not people. Well, they're, they're, they're trying to get you to pay for something. And I think if you're listening to this and you're wondering, why are we going on and on about brands on Twitter? They're the, the move, which Walt is talking about, this cacophony of voices on the web, that is what, what's happened is all of media has moved onto these platforms, right? Well, fundamentally, all of your attention is spent staring at a screen now. Right. Rarely is it. Are you staring at a print newspaper or a print magazine, or even a standard television screen? You're you're staring at one of these screens. Uh, you know, there's a big Facebook controversy this week about the trending news box and this and that. And what that is really about is Facebook commands a disproportionate amount of attention on the mobile phone screen. And inside of that, people have to figure out how to make money, how to use it as a marketing distribution channel, how to promote their work, how to distribute media, all the all of the problems that used to have many, 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 many solutions, they seem to have collapsed into, well, you can act like this on social platforms. You can, you right. can behave in this particular way on social platforms. And, you know, that's what we do at The Verge, right? We talk about technology and culture. And that is a huge shift in the culture that, I don't, like, for example, one of, my, one of my favorite examples is every night, the BuzzFeed Twitter account goes insane. <laughs> I don't know why, but they they just start like the official BuzzFeed Twitter account goes. It just starts tweeting like a like a pretty dumb teenager, <laughs> and like it's 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 hilarious and it's totally engaging. And I understand why they do it because I like find myself looking forward to crazy BuzzFeed every night. Yeah, but it has given this large. I mean, BuzzFeed is a billion-dollar corporation. They're one of our biggest competitors. Um, they have they have their own disproportionate amount of influence in the media. I wouldn't say disproportionate, but they, you know they have an outsized yeah. influence on the media. And every night, their official presence just it it has a personality. I think that's really fascinating. That in order to stand out, the you know Tide has to have a personality that isn't that isn't just like print advertising because Whisk it, might be gaining on them. No, I mean, <laughs> knows, I mean, right? who knows? I mean, the competitive dynamics of laundry detergent or uh, tissues or uh, energy drinks or something is now tied up with social media, uh, right. as you just were saying. I mean, we think of it, we're very, I don't know how, how many listeners use these terms or know these terms, but there are terms like media Twitter, mm-hmm. political Twitter, sports Twitter, you know, tech Twitter, whatever where it's there's an insular uh it's it's you know you follow people in your industry you debate with them you joke around with them you whatever and you maybe you retweet them whatever it is and in media twitter this is intensely discussed but 
the truth is that if you're in some completely different industry, I, I, I didn't look for this column. I should have. But for all I know, the steel companies have Twitter accounts mm-hmm. now, and uh, other other kind. You know, certainly the airlines do, uh, uh, as I mentioned in the column. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> The United Airlines does. I'm I'm quite familiar with their their Twitter team, um, but <laughs> Walt on the United Airlines Wi-Fi terror on Twitter is one of the best experiences you can have in all of social. Yeah, media. and they're very nice to me. They they did they did once say they were. Ha- I I actually tweeted once to be fair that the Wi-Fi was good on the one flight where the Wi-Fi was good, and <laughs> this is true. And they said. Whoosh, we're so glad we we don't want another Walter Cation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they call him Walter Cation. Yeah, it was oh, good. That's perfect. And I and I'm just trying to imagine. Uh, who those, I want to meet those people someday. If we ever start a second podcast, we're calling it Walter Cation. <laughs> <laughs> and and they <laughs> and they have no power to fix United Airlines, but you know they're there, and you know yeah. they they whatever you know I'm sure they have. Maybe that piece of software that looks for whenever there or there's maybe Twitter gives them a tool. I'm sure Twitter does give them a tool for every time uh, their their handle uh, pops up. Um, right. So, but that's the point. The point is, if you're Tide or Delta, you used to compete in a whole variety of ways, many of which you still do compete with. And of course, the heart of it, uh, like the heart of it for us, is to do good journalism. Uh, whether it's words or video or or uh, photos or whatever we do that 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 people will want to read, the heart mm-hmm. of an airline is still to, you know, carry passengers in an efficient, on time way. The heart of Tide is to do a good job with with your laundry, but that's never been enough. I mean, and so there have been ways of advertising and ways of getting your brand out. I mentioned in the column, that, you know, in the early days of television. Entire programs had in the name of the program the name of an, like an oil company that was the sole sponsor, the Texaco Star Theater. I did a little Wikipedia research on this, <laughs> and and because I vaguely remember it, you know, uh, people talking about it in, in or having read about it, and so you know, famous big. I mean, the biggest TV stars of the early days appeared on shows that did not have their name or shared their name in the title with the name of the sponsor. And that was a, that was a way of getting your brand across. It wasn't a particular product. It was Texaco or, you know, it wasn't Texaco's, you know, particular brand of, I don't know, creative gasoline or motor oil <laughs> or, or gas stations or whatever it was. It was Texaco. Um, and you know, signs on baseball park outfield walls have were, have been around for a long time. It just said Budweiser. Doesn't say which particular type of Budweiser. You know, that's brand advertising. Uh, it's been around a long. I remember when I used to work at the Wall Street Journal, Neli, and they they sold uh, just a ton of mm-hmm. full page, two hundred thousand uh, dollar a day. Full page ads that just said, you know, almost most of the page might even have been blank, and it was just about IBM's brand image or right. General Motors. We got to take one out for the show. Brand image. So we those should. rates have to have fallen by now. They have to. Yeah, I, so, I, that would be that would be. If we could, if we could scrape together. Do you, you, know, do you think they'd a couple hundred bucks? Would they accept our money? Page. Would they do it? 
I don't know. Control. I mean, so that's just, really interesting. Just a brand ad for Control Walt Elite in the Wall Street Journal. That would be funny. That'd be great. I would particularly um, enjoy that. I know you would. Well, so that's the thing. So uh, this is another point you brought up in your column. Every day I open Facebook and I scroll through Facebook, and often I see a you know promoted story from the Wall Street Journal or just the Wall Street Journal, and it it always says Walt Mossberg and Lauren Good like this, um, and I'm sure you do. I mean, I'm sure you still have great feelings about the journal and da 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 da. But it's. Um, you brought up not that, that often. You, I don't know why you're seeing it every day, but all right. Yeah, but no, but it, it's it's they're showing it to me because the connection between you having perhaps liked something that they did once upon a time, yeah. is now that's you know I'm the theory is that that's a signal to me. I've become an endorser, though. Right, and I I think that is that's where that's where it gets really shaky. And if what we're talking about here is this flattening, it's. These companies have done a lot of things. You know, I think you, you one of your points was Samsung Mobile is like the one of the five biggest brands on Facebook, um, and Samsung has given away a lot of phones in exchange for likes on Facebook. Yeah, and that's great. And I'm sure all of those people were excited to like try to get a phone, but that doesn't mean they need to perpetually endorse Samsung. And I think that's where the if what we're talking about is capturing attention, then there's ways to capture attention kind of ephemerally where you you want somebody to participate with you in the in a short period of time and there's ways where they're going to hold on to that and make it seem like you're endorsing a product over a long long period right of time. and i think that's a that's a problematic issue um here's a great example i put in the column so i'm res- researching the column and i noticed that the tide facebook page likes that page mm-hmm. and we should we should let me stop for one second um a lot of you, probably every single one of you listening to this has a Facebook page, but it may just be a normal personal Facebook. I don't even think they call it a page anymore. They call it a what do they call it? A timeline. It's your yeah. it's your timeline. At one point they used to call it a page, but now they call it a, or a wall, but now they call it a timeline. So you all have a essentially a page, lowercase p, uh, which is a timeline. But there's a special thing called pages or for brands. And, you know, entertainers use them. They get mm-hmm. tens of millions of likes and followers, uh, which are essentially the same thing. And they don't actually have friends set up on those pages, but it's uh, it's almost the same thing. It's followers, right? Followers, right, or or likes or fans. I don't know what the what the they change the word from time to time, and I don't know what it is now. I think maybe it's followers, and I have one of those. I think you have one of those. Uh, the Verge certainly has one of those. Recode has one of those. You know, other uh, uh, and BuzzFeed has one of those. Uh, mm-hmm. This is in addition to Twitter accounts, which um, also have certain different properties if you're if you're a brand and can be managed in different ways with different tools and you get verified as so that people that try to impersonate you uh, have a harder time doing that so the tide brand page liked several other products made by procter and gamble one of which was downy fabric softener so i in my research for this column went to the Downey fabric softener page something I have never done before and will Some never do research. again that Walt's is in the trenches <laughs> back to his investigative reporter roots that's right that's right <laughs> the tanks were coming at me it was unbelievable <laughs> bullets was <whizzing by. laughs> I know 
Downey. Yeah. I, I was like trapped in Downey land. And <laughs> the first thing I see, and, and this probably was algorithmic. I, I bet there's a different one of these for everyone that goes to the page. But they had like 1.6 million, I think, uh, fans or likes on the Downey fabric softener page. And one of them, the one, but one of them was called out, like right in my face, with their little icon, whatever their Facebook icon is, and it's an editor, a really smart editor who's a friend of mine, uh, mm-hmm. who, and I thought, well, why is he endorsing Downey? Did he really endorse Downey? <laughs> so I immediately call him, like right then, and he answers the phone, and I said, go to the Downey Facebook page. I want you to look at this, and. I said, you're called out there. You're, you're listed as, in, as liking Downey. Why? Did you actually like Downey? And if so, why? Explain it to me. And he goes, I've never used Downey. <laughs> I don't use Downey. I use, uh, I can't remember what I use, but I think it's uh, Bounce maybe or the supermarket oh brand or whatever. He said, the only thing I can think of is maybe I liked some funny or clever tweet, uh, uh, not tweet, but Facebook post they they once posted. But that's mm-hmm. all I can think of. So, and now he's forever linked. And now he's endorsing. I said, well, you're now endorsing Downey. So congratulations. What did you get? Did, did you get anything? No, I didn't get anything for it. So, you know. I mean, the least they could do is send you free product or something. I, I, I don't know. But it, it is a form of endorsement because you're right. Because it's not just – there actually is a distinction between setting up one of those pages and having people like it and that showing up in your news feed and buying an ad, I think. I, I think there is a difference between that. If you go to the Facebook pages, and I did this too – which explain all this, they make a distinction between having a page and then buying an ad. They're not the same thing. Yeah, right. and I think that's – and this comes down to me. It's, it's the, the two things at play here are this flattening where your interactions with regular people and massive corporations look and feel the same on these platforms. And the second one just comes down to money, right? I mean the – the the internet is free. All these things are free, but at the end of the line, somewhere someone's got to pay for something, right? Like yeah, there someone is trying to get you to buy something, and all of this advertising is is just different ways to try to get you to to feel good about Tide or Downy or whatever. When you walk in the store and you think, oh, well, I, I understand that one. That's the one I like because it's the one I interact with. So I'm going to buy it again, um, or you know, maybe maybe this podcast has convinced you to buy Tide for the first time. So we've done a solid there. That but would be knows? kind of an irony, yeah. It would be a huge irony. I don't even know what we use, by the way. <laughs> it just occurs to me <laughs> that I, I, I fill all these things with soap all the time, and I couldn't even tell you what brands we use. Um, the green one. That's what I got. Anyhow, my, but that that point is it's such a big shift. If And if we want these platforms to continue and we want them to develop new capabilities. So for an interesting example here... I think right now is Facebook Live or Facebook Video in general. We make a ton of Facebook videos. Uh-huh. Um, th- some of them, millions of people watch the Verge's Facebook videos. We are starting to make more and more Facebook Lives, and I will 
disclose, as I think every media organization is having to disclose over and over again right now in their discussions when they report on Facebook, Facebook is paying media companies to make Facebook Live videos. So they're paying Vox Media and we're making some Facebook Live videos. Good. That's all great. Um, that money goes to me, right? I, I hope so. trying to remember. I, I hope yeah. it goes to someone. Um, uh, it's just rattling around. Anyhow, what's interesting is none of that stuff has traditional advertising merit. Yeah. Right? It, it's not yet, but I don't know if you want to see pre-roll advertising on Facebook. And I, I suspect the viewers of our Facebook videos would not be super happy if we just started putting traditional TV-style 30-second spots in front of the Facebook video. So they have to innovate in how they deliver digital advertising in these spaces. Right. And those innovations, you know, like before this show came on, I read an ad. Um, in a minute or so, we're going to take a break so I can read another Right. Uh, um, like, it's how do you insert... I thought those were all public service messages that we do here. Oh, they are for uh, like, for any know. company that wishes to pay. If you would like a public service message, you can call our <laughs> oh, podcast I see. sales I thought department. They were free, like kids. <laughs> kids don't oh, yeah. smoke dope. That's uh, not what it is. Yeah, well, I'll do one of those. <laughs> if, right. if you want me to start doing, <laughs> you want me, I just want me to start one. reading like I old seventies anti weed commercials. Kids I can do that for you. Don't smoke dope. Yeah, that's it. There it is. <laughs> that's our ad. That's our ad for you the day, know. everybody. Drive, drive according to the law. You know, yeah. Stay are, in school. Stay in school. But no, but it's interesting. How do you, if all of the attention is on these platforms, all of the attention is on your phone, who's paying for all this stuff that you're seeing? And then how are they going to convince you to go buy something so that they can spend the money on the platform to pay for all the stuff around it? Right. But this, and that this chain is really fascinating. To it, me. it is fascinating. But the endorsement thing and the, and the convergence of products and people and the mm -hmm. fact that maybe we're all brands or many of us are brands. I mean, look, let's not forget there are lots of just perfectly normal people who have accounts on Facebook who have no interest in in getting that voice in the public square. They just have, you know, a certain number of friends. Uh, they want to communicate with those friends about things in their life and, that, and that, you know, the, the election or their children or what some something going on in their neighborhood. Well, no, so I, There's I a lot of those people and they're normal and God, I envy them. But uh, <laughs> the, some of the rest of us... <laughs> have to behave like brands some of yeah. the time. And no, I, so I disagree. So f fundamentally there, I think a basic element of social media aside, I think, well, no, even, even I was going to say aside from Snapchat, but even Snapchat, I think, is that you start to curate what you put on the platforms kind of instinctively as you use them over time. Yeah. So I have, you know, friends who their Instagram is one facet of their life and their Facebook is another facet of their life. And what they choose to put in these different places is as considered as any brand marketing campaign, even if their goal is not to collect as many followers and sell a product as possible. Yeah. And I think that is, this is what I mean by the flattening. The, the, the platforms turn the brands into people and they turn the people into like curated like expressions of themselves, of, of little slices of identity, and that—that that is what Facebook, I think, does better than anything. And we, we should probably spend five minutes on this trending topics controversy that happened this week because yeah, it's such a it. good expression of, of what the issues here but are. But you have to let me set it up. 
I will let you set let it me up. just let me just let yeah. uh, let me just set it up because I want to help brand you here. So um, a controversy erupted about a feature in Facebook called Trending Topics, in, and it erupted because one of the people, humans, who was involved uh, in uh, the, prep, the selection of those topics claimed that there was a su- – that there was suppression – of topics that were oriented toward conservative political views. And this has led to the natural angry reaction from conservatives. There's even uh, a senator demanding that Facebook answer for this and so forth. And my uh, good friend Neli here uh, wrote a very, very level-headed piece just like with numbered paragraphs. Let's <laughs> what was the name of it? Let's so let's, let's say, say obvious, obvious things. things about Facebook and what conservative whatever. Yes. And yeah. but the first thing he pointed out which was so important and completely lost in the controversy and I'm afraid lost by even some of our less um, careful competitors was that this was not about the Facebook news feed, the thing you think of as Facebook, the main place where the information and news and communication goes on. This was about a tiny little feature that purports to show what's trending on Facebook that almost nobody ever looks at. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, if you asked me even before yesterday, I could have told you where to find, find it, but I would have had to spend a couple of minutes thinking about it. It's like on a certain page under – it's like under the birthdays. Yep. And it, it's of no consequence. It is not actually – I mean there are, there are plenty of examples of Facebook having control over the news or, or, or heavy influence over the news. That is not one of them. And, and so you explain that and then you went on and explained other obvious things like – People think this must be uh, an algorithm because trending is very easy to figure out, right? It's like yeah. what's getting the most engagement? Let's put that in a trending box. I mean, zillion websites do that. We do that. Um, yep. There's hardly any any service or t- Twitter does it. Hardly anybody that doesn't do it. And you can do it with an algorithm. I was a little surprised to even find out there were humans involved in this, but there are. Uh, maybe they won't be soon. I don't know. Well, it's and, funny. So these are, by the way, the story, the two great Gizmodo stories that broke all this news. And the first one was about the people and how they're like, we're just here to train an algorithm and then we're all getting fired. And the second yeah. one was like, also, we did all the stuff that you probably don't like. <laughs> and yeah. that, that combination of things to me is like, well, then maybe you should be replaced with an algorithm. That seems natural to me. E- either that or don't call it trending topics. Call it interesting topics and yeah, use hot hum- news. humans you know i mean that that's kind of a, it's a thing apple likes to do they have human curators uh they have algorithms as well but they they, they have a lot of human curators who are not there just temporarily to help suggest music uh playlists uh and i think i could be wrong about this but i think they may even have human curators involved in their uh apple news product right um so they like to do that. So Facebook could go either way, but it's kind of strange to go both ways uh, and have humans and uh, algorithms doing something you call trending topics. Right. Well, it's interesting. To, well, because it's broader, and I, that's that's kind of this 
you know, when we're talking about how attention is divided, Facebook is very good at figuring out in the news feed algorithmically, they're very good at figuring out what it is that you like and showing more of that to you. Um, and by the time people listen to this, uh, Casey Newton actually was at Facebook uh, talking to the person who runs Newsfeed, and hopefully that story will be up by the time you listen to this and you should go read it. It's a great story. But his point was we can't scale a person-powered operation to figure out what a billion people like. It right. has to be algorithmic. And our goal is pure personalization. So that creates one set of opportunities, which is you're going to open Facebook and you're going to see things you like and you're going to spend more and more time on Facebook. And that's great for Facebook. It's great for you because you're going to see things you like. But it creates what I think people call the, the filter bubble. Oh, you're absolutely. Not, you're never going to see other things that you don't like and that might challenge you. It's actually part of the political polarization of this country and other countries. Absolutely. Right. So, And what's amazing in, in this story is conservative news outlets like Breitbart and others do extraordinarily well on Facebook. They're among the most shared things because that community of people loves to share the stuff and talk about it, and that's great, and there's a, a filter bubble. Then well, and they, and they other, feel besieged. And they e feel besieged. Even though they control 30 states and both houses <laughs> of Congress. Well, no, but it's just, it, you know, right. No, they do. They but, just, like, it, it happens I, on the I other mean, side, I'm too. not trying to knock conservatives. Please, don't, don't tweet and say <laughs> I'm knocking conservatives. I'm just, I think it's a fact. There's a certain sense that there are you know the media in general is against them and all of that so there's a certain feeling of whenever you whenever you feel like david versus goliath even if you actually by the numbers look more like goliath uh you uh you have that psychology and uh you know i'm sure it has applied to liberals at various points in time as right. well and, and but so that, ha that on, the, on the other end of the spectrum as you say this contributes to polarization because if you're a more liberal person you are almost certainly going to see uh, more content that's tailored to you. So that's that's a thing that happens on Facebook, and it's an engine of that. And somewhere in that, you know, every brand is desperate to get into your filter bubble and to participate in the things that you see. Right. Because Facebook says, we can very finely slice the audience, this billion people. We know that, you know, you're a young person who likes sports and Mountain Dew. We're going to show you Red Bull stuff. And Red Bull can pay to be in there very targeted. On the other side, which is this trending topics thing, is Facebook wants to show you things that are happening across Facebook. And they've employed some humans to look across the thing, look at the algorithms and the right short, pithy headlines. And that combination is actually inside of Facebook in tension with each other. You because the main Facebook just shows you things algorithmically that you it's think It's not really like. intention. I understand what you mean by intention, but honestly, yeah, but it's so cares. hidden. <laughs> you had to tell people where it was. Right, exactly. And you could get the impression from the uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying I didn't read the Gizmodo stories. Uh, I just read the reports of them, which is by the way another problem with social media, <laughs> but so I I don't want this to be taken as a criticism of them. But you could have gotten the impression from some of the coverage that this was a big part of Facebook. It's not. These two things are not presented in anything remotely uh, uh, equal fashion. And um, so, yes, there's tension, but eh, it's sort of like here's the thing that's personalized for you. And, oh, by the way, if you happen to 
be checking out the birthdays, you might see this little box. <laughs> this little box. Yeah. Um, I, actually, Joe I, only I, has, a, I think, four things in it, three or four things in it, if well, I'm yeah, not you mistaken. Can, you, know, you can make it bigger and smaller. It's funny, somebody pointed out to me, because, um, you know, the right rail on a desktop website, people generally don't look at them anyway. Uh, and somebody on Twitter, uh, a, a well-informed product person on Twitter was telling me, even Facebook is so huge that even if you just count the people who look at that box by accident, it's probably more people than read many, many media websites. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's, it's, it's like a scale problem there. But my point with all that is you just see here's this product and we count on it to distribute a, an enormous amount of information. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the best way to get to somebody who's using a phone. It's, uh, there, there isn't, you know, like a media organization that wants to put out a news app, the iOS and Android app stores, they are a harder market to get on the screen of the phone than to start a Facebook page and try to get likes and get people to like your Facebook thing. And so you see media organizations like ours and brands shove money towards Facebook, shove attention and resources towards trying to get into that feed. And then you end up with what you're describing, Walt, which is this deep flattening of brands into people and people into brands. And I, I suspect at some point that that can't last forever, right? I mean, the, 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 the other way that that used to happen a lot was when we were all distributing content on desktop websites, the brands realized nobody was looking at the display ads, and they were like, we're going to make ads that look like articles. We're going to make native content. And it, I don't know if you've looked around the internet lately. That, that has sl- not a lot fallen off, but it's become just one element of this larger... Right, but I would say, I would say that, that that... Okay, so there, there's one aspect of the, the, the brand social media strategies that... Uh, that I think is problematic. If I run, if we run a native ad, a native ad, which is basically a story on The Verge or on any of the Vox Media sites that is written by an outside writer or by, you know, maybe even created, and I disclose this or mention this in my column, by a special arm of our company that helps advertisers to create these things. Um, It's not it's called sponsored or advertised or something. You can tell where we we aren't trying to fool you into thinking it's a regular article. It may be a good article, by the way. Some of them are, but it's you know it's 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 done for the purpose of promoting the the brand. What I don't like, uh, uh, particularly on Facebook, is that you can if I, if the Wall to use your earlier example, if the Wall Street Journal uh, does an article and they do that is an interesting article or a good article or something that I think illuminates a point I agree with, I have been known to like it on Facebook. And there's nothing wrong with that. What I have not done by liking it, a, an article on Facebook is to sign up to endorse the entire Wall Street Journal in a, in a, in a product kind of sense. And yet, as you pointed out in your news feed, because you and I are Facebook friends, and you and uh, Lauren Good are Facebook friends, you may see our names associated with that in an, what looks, for all intents and purposes, like an ad. It might be an ad. It might not be technically an ad, but you'd, you'd, you'd see it uh, there. And I am an endorser. This friend mm-hmm. of mine uh, that I mentioned earlier is an endorser of Downey, even though he doesn't use Downey and has never used Downey. He is presented as an endorser of Downey, and I think that's a problem. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and that, who knows? Who knows? What the, I think we're, what we're talking about is like norms of communication. And the real question is, are enough people on Facebook going to even notice that this is happening? And then are they going to care? And then are they going to do something? Or are they going to all stop buying Downey because they're pissed at Downey for stealing their endorsement? And Downey's going to realize... You know, the, the, the mechanism by which you accomplish that change, I think, is very complicated. And as, as more and more attention goes to phones, and more and more of the attention on a phone is channeled through what I think is just inevitable. It would be channeled through a ever shrinking number of app icons. It's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's YouTube and Snapchat are the ones that I think, even Twitter, Twitter is like the lovable mess. Like we did a whole show on how to fix Twitter. You know, we did Twitter is, it, it doesn't do for the huge numbers of people. What that group of apps does, um, is more and more attention. gets channeled through those platforms. The relationship between, the people on them that provide the vibrancy and the experience of the community and the money is, I think, going to get more and more, I, 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 I'm just going to say tortured. Like it, it, yeah, it's, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be in, in conflict in a, in a much more serious way. And I think that the tech, the tech industry has to, it's going to have to turn down some money in order to solve that problem. And that's a very hard thing to ask them to do. Yeah, and Facebook is also going to have to do something to figure it out. And 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 yes, Twitter is smaller, but they're going to have to figure it out too because well, Twitter has so many things to figure out. It's like fiftieth on the list. <laughs> I, I understand, but <laughs> but uh, but they they're both going to have to figure it out because companies are not people, and certainly companies that make inanimate products are not people. And right now, they're basically treated the same. You know. Uh, they're not the same, and advertising is a perfectly legitimate thing that happens to pay our salaries. But advertising that is harder and harder to tell is actually advertising is not a good thing. I believe yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's the core of it all. Whereas here on Control Walt Elite, you know when the ads are being read. Yeah, it's funny because I forgot to say we're going to read an ad. So yeah, somewhere back in time, we we definitely (laughs) we will have read an ad. (laughs) We will have read an ad. Eli, that was a great ad you read. I thought it was so well done a few minutes ago. I thought it was just really well done. (laughs) So and the and then listeners could not even tell it was an ad. Seamlessly inserted. (laughs) It was beautiful. Uh, You can't tell we do the ad reads after. You get a discount if you. Put in the code word Walt. I hope God hope it's Walt this week, buddy. <laughs> uh, all right, I think that's it. We got to wrap up a little bit. Yeah, um, that was a fun one. Um, so, by the way, Walt, I forgot at the top of the show. Congratulate you, Recode had a great relaunch this week. Looks beautiful. You were on Kara Swisher's podcast. Uh, Recode I was. Decode. They did a feature on your gadget museum. Um, everybody should check that stuff out. How do you feel about the new Recode? I, give me, give I me like one it. line. I really, I really like it, and. Um, we don't have time now, but uh, someday I'll tell you the story of why there was a slash in the name and <laughs> why none of us who were there at the time really cares uh, or is actually fine with there not being a slash in the name now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, I love the new logo with the implied slash, and I, I think Dan Fromer, the new editor-in-chief over there, is, he's, got, he's got a vision for that place, which I think is excellent. I think, I think I'm excited for that team to to keep doing the great work they're doing. And uh, Code Conference coming up soon, so we'll, we'll right. be seeing you there. 
Anyhow, uh, that was supposed to be a transition into a Recode Decode plug, but whatever. Read Recode. They've got a bunch of podcasts. Recode Media with Peter. Too Embarrassed to Ask with Lauren Good. Uh, we've got a bunch of podcasts. The Vergecast on hiatus this week and next, uh, while we so- sort out how to do it remotely with Dieter in San Francisco, but Vergecast. Um, then there is What's Tech with Christopher Plant um, and Virgie SP with Emily Yoshida and Liz Pato. So tons of stuff to listen to while... Wonderful podcasts. All, all good stuff. Um, all infused with advertising. Stop looking at Facebook and listen to our podcast. Yeah, take a minute. Go outside. Give us some of your attention. Exactly. Um, and you can contact Walt and I. We generally prefer Twitter, so hit us up on Twitter. Walt is at Walt Mossberg. I'm at Reckless. We love getting the intros. It is quickly becoming my favorite thing about Twitter, so send, keep sending those along. We'll, one day, someone will send you a t-shirt, I'm sure. Jeez. <laughs> Who, knows? <laughs> Who knows if that will happen? Uh, and then, obviously, we uh, very much appreciate it if you uh, go on iTunes and, and rate us with the maximum number of things you can rate us with in that space, which I believe is stars. So five of those, please. Uh, five, yeah. And that's it. We'll be back. Actually, I, I believe Apple has changed it. You can only use five, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> Don't even bother looking for less than that. Exactly. And next week is Google I.O. So I think next week we're, we'll be back. We gotta, we're going to have a bunch of stuff to talk about. So uh, we'll see you then. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.